You're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Adam Rosen. I'm a fellowship-trained, board-certified orthopedic surgeon who specializes in knee replacement. Here I'll talk to you about common knee complaints and other orthopedic issues. We'll cover other important health-related topics, all of which are meant to helpfully answer some of your questions and help improve the quality of your life. Thanks for listening, and on with the next episode. Hello, welcome back. This is Adam Rosen, and you're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. Thanks for tuning in and listening. If you haven't already subscribed, please subscribe. Um, That will keep you updated on all the latest and greatest episodes when they come out. Um, And if you haven't already, um, please take the time. If you can find the time to leave a review, it helps other people like you find this podcast. If you've already left a review, thank you very much. And in this episode, what I'm going to do, um, again, we're kind of venturing a little bit away from the knee, but a lot of the similar things that I see in the office and, you know, whether or not I'm seeing somebody for their knee or it's actually referred from a pain from somewhere else and they think it's their knee or their hip uh, or patients that I've taken care of because they have, you know, hip or knee arthritis and they've had a replacement. This is a very common complaint and it's sciatica. So you can have sciatica or sciatica like pain. And that's basically a pain that travels, you know, from your back or your buttock down the leg. Now, that can be what's called a radiculopathy, meaning that a nerve problem is causing referred pain or weakness or other problems down the leg. But not all radiculopathy is sciatica. Sciatica is typically more the, the buttock pain that travels down the back of your leg. You can have similar pains across the front and the sides, and that may be coming from different nerves. So Let's just kind of take a step back and start at, you know, what is the sciatic nerve? So in our spine, we have the spinal cord, and between each vertebrae, there are spaces where the nerve roots come out, and each of those nerves contribute to nerves in our body. You know, around our neck, they contribute to nerves in our arm, and in our low back and our sacrum, those nerves come out to become the nerves in the leg. So the sciatic nerve is actually the longest and the thickest nerve in your entire body, and it's actually made up of five nerve roots. So in your back, the nerve roots from the lumbar four vertebrae, uh, lumbar five, so L4, L5, and then sacrum one, two, three. So it's those five, L4 to S3, those nerve roots that actually make up the sciatic nerve. And it travels out through those areas, combines into one nerve, travels down into the buttock, and then there's a muscle, a lot of muscles in our body, a lot of muscles in your buttock, and a lot of muscles that control the area of the hip, but the one that most people are familiar with is called the piriformis. And there's a few variations. Typically, the sciatic nerve will travel in front of the piriformis, but sometimes it can split and enter above or sometimes actually through it. So those variations may make somebody more prone to develop sciatica. And then as it goes further down the leg, it branches around the knee into what's called the tibial nerve and the common perineal nerve. But mainly what we're gonna be dealing with is higher up, so buttock, and in the low back. So the sciatica or sciatic-like symptoms, you know, why does it occur? So typically you get this irritation or inflammation in and around the nerve itself. Now there's lots of reasons that this can happen. So you can get narrowing, pinching in the sciatic um, area if it goes through the piriformis, that would be this typical piriformis syndrome, but a lot of times it occurs higher up in the back. So you may have a herniated disc, You may have a degenerative disc and the disc space is getting smaller, it's bulging out. You may have compression 
um, what's called stenosis. So you can get stenosis in the back, which will affect the cord, and typically you'll get symptoms equally on both sides, or where the nerve root exits, called the foramen. Some people are born with or get what's called a spondylolisthesis, so that's a small crack or fracture in a part of the spine, which will allow one vertebrae to slip on another, and again, that leads to pressure on the nerve or nerve roots, osteoarthritis, trauma, so some injury, a tumor, whether or not it's actually a malignant or benign tumor, something can put pressure on the nerve. And those are all the different things that can cause some problem, compression, irritation on the nerve root. Um, so it, it really is important, you know, if you have more than just mild symptoms that are that have come and gone, um, that you really seek out care and see somebody. Because when people come in, you know, their their chief concern and symptom, you know, is varied. So they may have pain in their buttock, in their back, in their leg. Maybe all three may change. They can have weakness, which is a bigger problem. You know, usually means there's significant compression on the nerve. And that's led to weakness in one of the muscle or muscle groups in the leg. They may have numbness. Um, they may even find that when they cough or sneeze, that those symptoms get worse because they're doing something in the back, which is putting, you know, more pressure on that area. And a lot of people even describe, you know, pain or the symptoms very differently. For some people, it's sharp. For some people, it's shooting or shock-like. It might be burning, it might be stabbing, and it may be constant all the time. Or it may come and go. And some people even find that it's better with sitting or better with walking or worse with activity or better with activity. So just understand that if you have symptoms, it doesn't mean that you have to have all of these. And your symptoms may not be the same as the next person, but any of those symptoms or feelings may be consistent with someone that has the sciatica or sciatic nerve problem. So just understand it. Almost 40% of people you know, will have this in their lifetime. So it is a very, very, you know, common complaint. Um, so if you don't get it, you're lucky. But if you do get it, um, it's not uncommon. Well, why would you get it? Like, what are the risk factors? Are there some people that are more prone to develop sciatic? And the answer is yes. Actually, there are some times in our life or some people or some things that you may do that actually may increase your risk of developing sciatica. So as we get older... We do get degeneration everywhere, you know, and wear and tear around our back and our spine. So as we age and get wear and tear, that degeneration can lead to sciatica or sciatica-like symptoms. Obesity, and you've heard me talk about this before, that, you know, obesity in of itself may lead to other diseases, you know, like diabetes and sleep apnea, but it also may lead to arthritis. And in this case, it may lead to increased arthritis and pressure on the back which can then lead to sciatica. You may have had a prior injury or maybe you had surgery, maybe you have scar tissue and things like that. You may have a weak core. You know, So they say now that sitting is the new smoking, that we sit a lot. And when we sit, our core muscles tend to get weaker and that doesn't support our spine. So that may be a contributing factor. If you have diabetes, you wanna make sure that your diabetes is under good control because with diabetes and uncontrolled diabetes, that sugar can actually damage nerves and it can lead to some of these symptoms because the nerve is not as healthy. Inactivity, so again, it kind of fits back into weakness and obesity, but if your muscles get weak and also from sitting and not moving, the muscles get tight, you lose flexibility, 
that may cause it. And also smoking. Smoking has been found to be a contributing factor for back pain. And you've heard me talk about the smoking talk, you know, a while back, um, why you should quit and all the reasons for quitting. Uh, if you're smoking and you haven't heard that one, go back and listen to that episode. But it's felt that the nicotine and some of the other things may actually affect the blood vessels and can affect the nerves and the health of the nerve. So if you have this, um, I'm going to talk about some simple treatments. And I would, again, I would say that these would be things I would do only if you had very, very mild symptoms and only for a very short duration. Um, because sometimes, you know, we, we get shoulder pain and it goes away. You get back pain, it goes away. You have sciatica and you can do some of these simple treatments and it goes away. But if it is more severe, if it's not going away, seek out care. When would it be important to see someone right away? So if you have weakness, you know, typically what's called a foot drop, that's a small branch, the perineal nerve, and that sort of muscle fiber or that nerve fiber area up in the sciatic is very, very prone to injury. And what people notice is they can't lift their toes or their foot up. They'll have what's called a high steppage gait, or you'll, you'll hear the sound of your foot flopping as you walk because you can't slow the ball of your foot down. Your heel hits and your ball slaps. It's what we call drop foot. But if you have any other muscle weakness in the leg, that is, you know, immediately go and see somebody. The other one surgical emergency in this case is what's called cauda equina syndrome. So if you have a back injury and there's a progression or traumatic where there's a severe compression on the cord, what can happen is you can become incontinent and lose control of your bowel or bladder. And if you notice that, you know, weakness, loss of bowel or bladder, that is call your doctor, go to the doctor right away, go to the ER. That is not something that you want to stay home and treat on your own. Uh, but if you do have mild sciatica symptoms, or maybe you've had it before, you've been worked up and there's nothing significant, but you get these symptoms from time to time, hopefully you've heard all of these things before. And if not, maybe you'll learn one or two things that may help you. So simple things, so simple things like ice and heat. You know, for some people, they actually do make them feel better. There's not a right or wrong, um, but you can try those and see if they help. Now, what about over-the-counter medicines? There's lots of options, and you've heard me talk about that in a previous episode. So you have pain relievers like acetaminophen, which is Tylenol, anti-inflammatories, which is ibuprofen, brand name Motrin Advil, or naproxen, brand name Aleve. These are all things that if they're safe for you to take, um, that might be something that you may take in short term to decrease symptoms if you have a sciatic flare-up. Now, the other important thing are stretches, so home stretches. There's lots of different stretches that you can do, um, simple hamstring stretches. So, you know, if your balance is good, simple just standing up and bending over and touching your toes, that's a simple hamstring stretch, you know, which will help. Um, if you do have balance issues, you can sit down on the floor um, or you can sit in a chair and bring one leg up at a time on another chair, leaning forward to touch your toes. Another one that I like, which is really great, and there's some great straps that you can use. You can buy straps or, you know, if you have straps or a belt at home, it's laying flat on your back. Say we're talking about the right leg, left leg stays flat on the floor, but you bend the right leg up with the strap underneath sort of the ball or arch of your foot and you use your arms to help pull that leg up to really stretch the hamstring. So that's a great one to do. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, about these straps, I'll actually put um, a link to one off on, on Amazon. So if you're looking for a strap like that, um, you can find, but that's a great stretch to do at home. Uh, and then there's also these, um, what's called, usually called pigeon um, pose or pigeon stretches. And there's lots of variations. It's sort of a yoga pose, but there's a lot of different ways you can do this. The simplest way is basically if you're sitting in a chair, um, 
if it's your right leg we're talking about, and this stretches more the piriformis and the external rotators, you'll take the outside part of your right ankle and cross your leg. So you put that up on top of your left knee, and then what you'll do is with your right hand, push your knee down, and then to really get a stretch, bend over at your waist. So that's a great way to do it sitting. Now you can also do this laying down. So if you're laying down on the floor, you put your hands, cup them underneath your, your hamstring or your thigh on the right leg to kind of pull it up. And then what you'll do is then cross that, um, that right foot again over the left knee like you did sitting and then kind of pull and push. And that's a great way to stretch it out. Uh, and the other one is this cross-legged stretch. So this is a great one that you can do opposite hand to opposite shoulder, opposite knee. So if you're laying down on your back, again, if we're talking about your right leg, you'll take your left hand, the palm of it on the outside of your right knee and pull your knee up towards your left shoulder. So you're kind of pulling your knee across the middle of your body and then up towards your shoulder and you'll feel that stretch in your buttock. And these are all great simple stretches that you can do at home and may help some of these symptoms. The other thing is core strengthening. So what are we talking about the core? We're, we're talking about the circle around your midsection. So this would be stomach exercises, like simple sit-ups, um, as well as back exercises. There's a lot of machines at the gym and some simple back extension exercises. but all of those muscles that you can strengthen in your stomach and your back are going to help to stabilize your core. Now, you may go to physical therapy. So your doctor may see you and say, you know, you've done the home exercises or I'm going to send you to a therapist. And they're going to go through and review a lot of these stretches and strengthening exercises with you and give you a good home exercise plan. But these are all things that may help. Now, if the symptoms are bad enough, um, your doctor may prescribe some medications. There are some different medications for pain and for nerve pain that they may prescribe if the over-the-counter medicines don't work and your symptoms are significant. Occasionally, depending on you know what the diagnosis is, they may actually offer you the options of an injection with a pain management doctor. And then there are some alternative treatments, things like acupuncture and biofeedback you know, have been um, tried before and depending on what the source of the problem is for you, they may be helpful. And you know, lastly, surgery. So surgery sort of becomes that option. Again, depending on why um, you have sciatica, uh, if the other simple conservative things fail, let's say you have a big disc herniation, you know, surgery may be indicated for you. If you have severe arthritis and stenosis and the bone is pinching the nerve, again, surgery might be right for you. Um, but usually you want to try all these other things first. Now, the other question I get sometimes, uh, most of my patients that I see are older, but you know, what about you know, if you're younger and you're pregnant, you know, can the pregnancy cause sciatica? And, and the answer is yes. Um, and typically, uh, people kind of think it's more from the added weight from carrying, you know, the baby or the fetus around. And that may be one cause, but the hormones that um, occur during pregnancy to allow for relaxation in the pelvis to pass the baby also relax other muscles and, or other ligaments. And that increased laxity in the spinal area may lead to some sciatica-like symptoms and also the pressure um, inside of the uterus from the inside actually may put pressure on some of those nerves. So talk to your OBGYN if you're having some of these sciatica-like symptoms. So, you know, I hope that kind of gives you a little bit of an overview of the sciatic nerve. You know, again, that's L4 to S3, um, where it comes from, where it goes. What are some of the symptoms that you can have? Things like sharpshooting, burning pain, tingling, numbness. But if you do have weakness um, in the foot, in the leg, you know, definitely loss of bowel or bladder, severe pain, you know, those are things right away you want to go and see a doctor and get checked out. Because 
if these are not mild and things that you can treat at home, you want to see a doctor. They're going to take a full history and physical. You know, where, when did the symptoms begin, start, where do they go? And then they're going to test you into a physical. Typically, the test that we do is what's called a straight leg raise. So you'll be laying back on your back and then your leg gets lifted up. And usually that reproduces the pain because the sciatic nerve is tight and that'll cause pain to shoot down the leg. And based on other findings on the exam, they'll test your nerves and, and your muscles watch you walk. They may need to get x-rays in the office, but if your symptoms are more significant, you may need an MRI. Sometimes a nerve test, which is called an EMG or nerve conduction velocity test, is a way of checking the actual nerve, which sometimes can help figure out you know, where exactly is the problem occurring. Like, Is it in the piriformis buttock area? Is it in the back? Is it a particular nerve root of the sciatic? And if you can't have an MRI, sometimes um, we'll order what's called a CT myelogram, uh, but it's not used as commonly anymore now that we have MRIs where the CT uh, myelogram is where you actually have dye injected into your back and then do a CAT scan so you can actually see an outline of the nerves and the spinal cord because the dye covers those other spaces. Um, but you can go through those stretches, um, and I'm sure you can find lots and lots of you know videos and pictures of the stretches online. Uh, one of the books that I recommend, you may have heard me talk about it in other episodes that I recommend to a lot of my patients, which I think is a great book, not specifically for sciatica, but just general stretching, is a book titled Stretching, kind of an easy title to remember by Bob Anderson. It's in its like multiple sort of edition. It's gone through multiple variations, but very good, well-written book that gives very um, good and easy to understand uh, pictures and stretches that you can do at home. So I'll also put a link to that um, in the show notes if you're interested in finding that book. But I hope this answers you know questions. I'm going to keep coming out with more episodes to kind of hit some of those commonly asked questions to at least you know give you some answers to these problems that you may be dealing with. But again, obviously, if they're small minor problems, these may answer some of your questions. But you know, I strongly encourage you to reach out to your doctor. You know, if you have any of these symptoms, um, to get checked out, especially anything more severe. And these two major things, right? Weakness and what we call cauticoina, loss of bowel or bladder. You know, incontinence. That's a bigger pressing emergent issue. That's one, you know, go to the emergency room, get seen right away because there may be something more urgent that needs to be done if that's the case for you. So in the meantime, stay safe. Thank you for listening. This has been um, Adam Rosen talking about sciatica on the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. I'm your host, Adam Rosen, and until next time, stay safe.